part of blindsidepods.com. You know, I haven't done a, an exorcism in a long time. I really, you know, it's been a very long time since I've done something like that. Uh, but you can put her on. Thank you. All right, we'll see so what we much. can do. I'm putting her on now. Hello, dear. How you doing? Fuck you, Venice. Oh, okay. Okay. Now we get. All right. If you're gonna, if you're gonna curse like that, I'm gonna cut you off. <laughs> so it's Satan. All right. Listen, Satan, get lost. Okay. Get out of this building. Power of Christ. The power of Bill Parcells compels you. Get lost. Get out. Go. Listen, why don't you go and, you know, why don't you go possess a group of, like, swine or something? You know, possess somebody that, they, you know, don't bother people. How many subscribers does your have, you fat fuck? Why, why would you do something like that? Get lost. All right. The demon's gone, Mike. He's gone? Get it. Thank you. Okay, Thank good. you so much, Father. That was unbelievable what you did. Thank you. We will never... Hey, listen, it's no trouble at all. I mean, listen, I haven't done that in a long time. Probably would have, I probably could have done it quicker uh, when I was younger. Um, but you know what? For your troubles, you're going to get one year free subscription to the Mike's On app. How about that? You and your daughter. One year free. It's very nice of you, Mike, but I can't use it because they banned the app what? here in Jerusalem. What? Mons, why are they banning it? They're banning the app in Jerusalem? Mike, would you like to know why they're banning no, the app? No, I don't want to listen to you anymore. Goodbye. Why are they banning the app? Welcome to a super fan roundtable on the week's events in the world of Kirk Menahan. This is the Menafan Show. That's Bill Buchanan, friend of the show from a couple of weeks ago that got a lot of pub recently. Got it from KFC on Twitter. I loved that one, but I like everything that Mike Zahn does. Uh, it was here. awesome to have him on. It was awesome to have him on the show. I freaking popped a rod when he was on. <laughs> It was one of the great days of my life. I talked to Mike Zahn. Yeah, that's right. It's our bragging rights, right? That's our most famous uh, guest, uh, other than t- yep. the, the, our, our, our esteemed guest tonight, I guess. Um, but I will say this, if I'm going to give him- Got any movies? <laughs> Jesus, don't even do this. Don't start. Don't start this shit right now. It's too early. Um, I will say this. I do wish that uh, Bill Buchanan could have given us a little retweet, um, because seeing as he got like, I think he's got like 70,000 views on that one, it would be nice to give the show a little bit of pub, just yeah, saying He came that. on the show. That's enough for me. I know. I, I can't and he help was wicked nice, shit. too. Yeah, he was a nice guy. He was a nice guy. And he followed me back, so that's all good. Um, well, yeah, we got a good show tonight. We've got we've got one of the former producers of three shows, Dennis and Callahan, Kirk and Callahan, and uh, OMF. So this is going to be a very interesting show tonight. We have uh, Paul Chartier on the program tonight. Hey, you fucking nailed the uh, pronunciation. I can't tell you how many times I've had to do that for somebody. Thank you. Nice. Welcome. We're, we're happy to have you here. Um, do you want to, um, I guess, anything that you want to say? I know you've been listening to this. Uh, you've been, you spent the past two days, you told me, listening to our podcast. I'm so sorry that you'd want to put yourself through that misery. Any initial uh, reaction so far? Um, it's adequate. It's certainly a podcast. I would certainly <laughs> say it's, it's a podcast. It's informative, uh, a little bit of ball sucking, but that's fine. That's, that's, I think people want to hear that, so you've got to play to your strengths. That's that's right, and, and uh, fellatio is one of my strengths, so that's what we're going to do tonight on this podcast. Yeah, I think it was better after episode four. I wouldn't have started through like one through four. Uh, I, that's, that's why I started problems. going double time. I, I had to go double time after episode 
well, one, well, half of one. We had no idea we were doing it at the beginning because we have no formal training. Well, actually, no, I shouldn't say that. I have no formal training, and it shows. Uh, DEC is actually an old-school radio guy. If you couldn't tell from his sultry tones of his, uh, of his radio voice, that's why he's in the captain's chair, uh, as it were. Is that why we get the stock updates every time? That's right. Yeah, <laughs> Close enough. Yeah, you're, you're in the ballpark. I'm good. <laughs> wondering where that came from well let's uh let's remind everybody who paul is here here's paul at his best you have to produce oh, tomasi though correct can't wait oh, that's rough mutt's been taking shots at me all day i have yeah yes. such a little petulant baby He's, you i are, am you are uh, dale oh. was right on oh. yesterday i listened to the podcast i know it hasn't been released yet but dale is right on you i petulant just, baby whatever kirk does you're your, your kirk light your jerry light you're just following whatever these guys try to do whatever sure, they I want sure to do i sure am yeah that's it's, it's, the it's, your little fake outrage is so right it's it's kind of ridiculous you're, you're you a caricature you're a little um, um, a smaller version of kirk There's a fake- you should be happy we played that clip yeah, I mean, my, what was Mutt's response was to repeat what I said with a tone. That's all he had. I cut it out, but literally, and then um, you did some prank call. Yeah, which was not even my. That was that was the previous iteration of that show. I I hated the prank calls. I mean, and and then this is the guy that sent the penis cake too, right? Didn't Mutt send the penis cake? I mean, so he's talking about prank calls. He's sending penis cakes to people. Right. That was the most what pub that show ever got. Yeah. Well, he deserves to get that uh, promotion to morning show in a major market so how about you remind us paul um you know how you fit in this whole thing how long you were at wei i mean obviously that was a great clip but how long were you at wei how'd you kind of get started in radio and then and then how long were you actually producing kirk and callahan dennis and callahan and then you moved over to omf what a pro um the uh, quick version is i was toiling away as a bartender through my mid-20s and zarbano and i went to college together and we were never like buddy buddies. Like we had a lot of mutual friends, so we knew each other a lot. So whenever I was, you know, at a party with him, wasted, I would end up picking his brain about radio incessantly. Eventually, he, you know, stopped getting annoyed. And when he got promoted to executive producer, he, I was his first hire. I think he called me like that day. He was like, "Hey, I know you might be, you know, into this. I can't promise you anything. Be like overnight shifts and shit like that." And I was, you know, like I said, toiling away. So I said, "Yeah, I'll do whatever. I'll quit." He goes, "Well, don't quit because it's not a lot of hours." So I started doing John Ryder Red Sox games and uh, Craig Craig Sawish Sausage train me. And, you know, <laughs> so it was a couple of years of doing part-time bullshit. And um, I guess elevated to number one part-time guy with what at the time was MFB, which was uh, when Benz was doing the midday show. Hmm. So I was Joey's right-hand guy for a while. And then uh, Kevin Graham, the program director at the time, left. So there was a vacuum on that midday show because Joey was doing double duty. So they, um, you know, oh, I, I missed a step. Um, Sausage and Curtis quit. And so I got the job, which was kind of a charade. It was really Ken and I to begin with, but it was, you know, Lucy was quote unquote in the mix. And then we had that fun summer where, you know, Dino was getting bullied by Minahan so hard he quit and then tried to recant his quit the next day. And then uh, mm. we were we were doing that for like I don't know a couple of months, and then Curtis came back from rehab, and you know at the time there was a vacuum in the midday show, so they slid me over to middays to take over with Glenn, Lou, and Christian, and then Curtis came back, and then um, our show did well uh, when we took off. Um, first time we came in first place, I think in like ten years in that time slot back when it was Dale and Holly, so. Uh, we had a good little run, and then um, then July I said I gotta go, I gotta go make some adult money. So that was kind of it. Yeah, you just blew through something right there. You said Dino quit, and then he recanted the next day. I've never heard that. I picked up on that too. I I, I did I just miss this, Paul? What what the fuck? So 
uh, it was one of it was one of these things during the summer where Kirk and Dino were battling consistently. Oh yeah, because John was kind of phoning it in, and Kirk and Jerry were getting frustrated. And then Dino had that clip where his he's played a million times. I'd never been more ill prepared in my life, and that was like a jovial cut by John, uh, but it was true. Every show started off with John's soliloquy, and then Kirk and Jerry would just take over and do the show. So it was very, you know, um, awkward, I guess. And, you know, as a producer, you're kind of stuck in the middle of your two divorcing parents. And that was the summer that Dino quit. But the little story that gets glossed over was that Dino and Kirk were, like, not doing the same show at the same time. Like, they were vacationing. Like, one right. would take two days off and the next one would take two days off. So they, they went, like, two, three weeks without having a show together mm -hmm. and they were beefing hard on Twitter. They were really calling each other out. And then it was supposed to come to this great culmination where they were both going to be on the air at the same time, finally. And then Dino calls out and I'm um, at, uh, I played softball with Zarbano. So we're at a mutual friend's house and Joey gets the text like Dino just quit. So we're like, holy shit. And then we have a meeting with, you know, Phil Zachary and, you know, I think everyone's kind of on board with the fact because Dino wasn't really bringing anything to the table. And then I, I don't know that John said this directly, but, you know, I've heard through um, whatever I heard it through that John recanted that, okay, maybe uh, we can fix this. We can, I, I'm paraphrasing what I think he might have said. Complicated. So John wanted to get back on and, and the EI at the time was like, you know what? We're rolling. We're, we're fine. We'll, we'll, they we'll. told me you were <laughs> I didn't believe <laughs> Yeah, so that was kind of like my experience with that whole separation, um, is that John may have, I don't know, preemptively quit. That's incredible. He takes back that, like, he takes back, he has to walk back quitting the number one rated morning show because he couldn't face Kirk. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because, I mean, who wants to face Kirk? Um, and John should be one who could totally take him on if he's prepared, but mm -hmm. uh, he didn't. And then I think when he whatever submitted his resignation, or I don't I don't know what he said, I don't know how he worded it, but health issues. It was health issues. Remember, they they worded it saying that he was taking that his because of his health or something like that, he was yeah. going to uh, accelerate his retirement. And he was I'm, just gonna I'm take sure that, that was part of it. I'm sure that was part of it. But I don't think at the time in that summer of 2016, maybe. And if my dates are wrong, they're wrong. Um, he wanted to get back on the show and i, I don't think uh intercom eei whoever it was phil uh us kirk jerry were kind of done with whatever he was bringing to the table which at the time complicated was i mean you can only have fucking brad faxton on the show so many times right you know like, right how many how many coben. how many times get how many harlan coben interviews can you have in the letter of the day today's episode is brought and, sir, and honestly and fuck jerry and kirk because they would just bitch to us about these these shitty fucking guest requests they would never go to john <laughs> And tell him that he's a fucking idiot. They would just bitch at us, and John would bitch at me. What do you me. think that was about? Why wouldn't they go to him? I, I think they were just waiting out the clock. I think they knew eventually that uh, you know, all the problems would solve themselves, which they did. To be fair, though, John was a big part of the problem. Every single day he'd come on the air and he would say, only only 162 days left until retirement. Like, the dude's fucking counting down the retirement clock. Like, you're real engaged. It sounds like you really want to I'll take the in. midday show if they pay me. <sighs> right? Yeah, it sounds yeah. like you really want to be there when you come in every single day and talk about how you can't wait till you retired. You know, it doesn't sound like as a guy who's engaged. He, you're right. Yeah, maybe this is like he's watching Kobe Bryant do his like you know uh, going away tour, and he thought that maybe he's on the same level. But yeah, you're right. He was totally phoning it in. And I think the weekend, 
or the, the the couple of weeks that he was out, he like was getting work done on his house and like Comcast didn't have cable. So like he was coming into the show going, I didn't see a minute of the Oscars or I didn't see the Red Sox game or I didn't see this or that. And the four of us, uh, Ken, Jerry, Kirk and myself are going, okay, well, I guess you're out on these conversations. But he was bragging about the fact that he didn't fucking see the content Jesus. that was going to, you know. Run the run the show. So yeah, he was yeah. totally phoning it in, and it was frustrating. This sounds like a guy who has been on top for an awfully long time, had his ass kissed, could kind of do no wrong, and kind of felt, well, I can just phone it in, and nobody's going to call me out on it. Well, for sure, he'd been doing it for twenty fucking years. He had plenty of sponsors in his pocket. He had plenty of people that could, you know, he thought he had power. I mean, he did to an extent, but he was. I don't know, in my opinion, completely phoning it in for a good six months. Yeah. When you said he was having work done, I could have sworn you were going to talk about more staples in his stomach, but that's for another. That's oh, for I got that day. question. Um, <sighs> yeah. Uh, can you talk about maybe a little bit about uh, how it was working with Dino from day to day? Because obviously we've all heard the stories about him being a fucking terror to work with. Can you confirm or deny? Yeah. As much as this is a Kirk show, I'm, I'm absolutely fascinated by Dino in every way. So the more Dino, the better. It was fascinating to work with him because there was a little, you know, uh, tryout period, which Entercom likes to do. They stretch out these uh, auditions, quote unquote, auditions for producer roles. Like there was no chance of Lucy Burge being a producer. Uh, I know Kirk always said, "I don't care if you can press buttons, but you need to be somewhat technically inclined." So the whole that they they strung out uh, Ken and I's audition for months, but. As a result, we got all these fucking instances where John would send Lucy and I group messages about what we did wrong during the show, which always came around noon, and they were just just like he tweets. They were just fucking aggressive, borderline incoherent uh, critiques, and there was no walking it back. And then you know you'd tell it to Kirk or Jerry, and they'd be like, just fucking appease him just f wait, just wait for it to be over. Did you get any texts that weren't directed towards you? were to somebody else and you got them accidentally because i have no no uh everything was to me everything was addressed to us but a great fucking anecdote was the lucy and i were like whatever jarring back and forth and he was like why didn't you play the i love lucy theme song coming out of that break and my gut reaction is because that's fucking stupid and it's old but i'm sitting there halfway going well this guy's 20 years into radio maybe he knows something i don't know but I, I, I go to like Kirk and Jerry and let them know like, hey, John thought we should do this. And they just fucking pinch their nose and go, God damn it. This guy is fucking going to lampoon the whole show. <laughs> it's not 19 like 56 anymore either. Like, I mean, I, I spent like I spent like four hours on a fucking montage. That was it was like a, a whole I love Lucy theme song splicing together sound with shit that she said. And I'm done with it going. I spent four hours on this and it's shit. It's stupid. No one. It's not funny. It's not topical. It's nothing. It's I'm doing this just to satiate John, who is absolutely um, insane to work with. It was like making it rain with brackets in here. I like that you brought up that he texts the way that he tweets, because don't we have, do we have uh, any any examples of, of that, of the way that, jo that John texts or tweets or th something like that? I don't know if you're talking about tweets that, because uh, there's other tweets that um, maybe, I don't know if you guys even know about that were uh, fucking hilarious. Now, a Dino tweet. <laughs> Holiday calendars filling up. If you need a corporate event host, keynote speaker, or sports-based entertainment, http colon slash slash John Dennis Media Wise dot com. 
<laughs> it never gets old. Not those. Not those. Those. That's that, that's a great brainchild of uh of Kirk and Curtis. Uh, Ken and Curtis getting back with our uh, our old sound guy, uh, the blind guy who eludes me right now. Who did Fox? He did EEI for years and years. He was like the uh, funny bit guy. So so these Dino tweets. Let, let let's circle back to this. What what exactly are you talking about? You talking? Do, do these guys? Are we talking about these guys have burner accounts or are there no, tweets no. that are deleted? Um, let me be as vague as I can and specific as I can at the same time. John had some things going on and maybe whatever. Uh, was dating some people and talking to some that he shouldn't. But he went to do a Google search on someone. Um, but he went to search them on Twitter. So to search this person's name, but he just tweeted out the fucking girl's name. And the tweet <laughs> sat there for like a day and a half. And it was one of those instances <laughs> where like, does John have no friends? Is no one texting John to be like, John, take that tweet down. You you just tweeted out a girl's name. It's 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 from years past and I'm sure that you 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 fought those battles and you dealt with that whole thing. But it is very strong instance that John didn't have like a friend to be like, "Hey, delete that tweet, you fucking idiot," because you, you you went to you went to search something, and you tw- it's like people do it on Facebook sometimes. They go to like creep on a girl, and their status becomes the girl's name, and they never go back and get it. Was this a tweet when you were around, or is this like an older tweet? No, that was Trying when I was around. Timeline. It was around. I was around. Oh, you didn't think to text them, or did you just want to enjoy? No, I didn't. I didn't. I just wanted to Kathy watch the didn't world see burn. It. Um, oh, it's K on Twitter. It's K. Yeah, I don't know if she saw it. Um, I'm sure she wouldn't have been psyched to have seen it, but it was a weird instance of nobody's got John's back <laughs> this particular month. Well, somebody might not have his back, but someone might have his front. Uh, if we're going to talk about some rumors about the spring training stories with Dino, um, is there anything to the to those rumors that uh, some uh, handy situation? He's been curiously silent on the whole Bob Craft uh, happy ending thing. I'm, I've I've heard some I've heard some sordid stories. I'm not sure if you can confirm or deny if you're even allowed to. Um, I'll say it's before my time, but I can confirm probably what you heard. Whatever <laughs> shenanigans were going on on at whatever ah, ah, exact yeah ah, uh, on whatever uh, private jet might have been yeah I, I can <laughs> confirm that other people have corroborated this but I was not there I didn't see anything so this is third hand fourth hand is that even a thing that's third or fourth hand yeah that's fine I've heard that I've heard ho- I've heard lobby hotel lobby I've heard something happen in the hotel lobby um, so I've, I've heard th- JetBlue Park <laughs> I don't think that, that would be something can you imagine just sitting in the stands getting a handshake like in the grandstand <laughs> I don't think it'd be the first time that that would happen. I wouldn't even begrudge him for something like that, though. I mean, fucking shoot or shoot. <laughs> so, like, I'm all over Dino here. There was a conversation that Blind Mike, when he had Lucy on, and Lucy was somewhat evasive, about th- things that Dino was texting her that might have been sexual in nature. Since you guys were both on group texts, was there anything that you saw? Can you corroborate that? Nothing that I was a part of. No, he was um, uh, quote-unquote professional sexually with our group texts. He didn't uh, include me on those texts, so I can't confirm or deny. Would I be blown away if I heard about them? No. But I, 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 I can't. We've talked about having Lucy has talked about wanting to come on the show eventually. So we'll, we'll obviously have to ask her about about that situation. Um, oh, I'm sure she'll be so forthcoming. I'm sure she will be. <laughs> I'm sure she will be. We'll also have to ask her about the the show that she currently produces for uh, right now. Um, speaking of producing, why why did you leave radio? What what made you actually leave? You said the money thing. Was it just as simple as that? You were tired of making shit money. 
That's it. That's it. 100%. Well, yeah, it was 85% money and and workload. It's insanity what they kind of put on the producers. Um, I don't know what Ken and Curtis make right now, but I'll tell you it's not enough. It's just... Oh, Steve the, said it was $100,000 a year before <laughs> I smacked them. Fucking, it's not. And if it was, then it would be just barely enough for the amount of workload they put on the producers. They really? grind these motherfuckers into the ground. So it's a young man's game. They find people that are coming out of CSB or Emerson or BU, and they just say, hey, isn't it so cool you're working for a radio station that talks about sports all day? And they're 22 years old. They go, yeah, it is pretty cool. All my friends think I'm cool. So you're okay with this shit salary? And they go, I don't give a shit, dude. I'm talking about sports all day. Now, by shit salary, do you mean we're talking like 40 or are we talking below 40? We we, we in the ballpark? Um, That's in the ballpark, but... Some people less, even if you're really good. Really? It's major market radio. It's top 10 in the country. That's that's disgraceful. Yeah. I mean, I would have loved to have been in it and stayed in it. I mean, it was a passion for sure, but I regret wasting five years on a career that just gets me on a podcast listened to by like 30 people. 30 people? Hey, no, don't say that. We have actually... <laughs> it's right, like 50 right. or 60. Yeah. We've got, we've got 10,000 downloads an episode, I think, right? Are we up to that? Uh, oh, for, for real? The Featherston one. Yeah. yeah. For the Featherston one, we got about 10,000 people. Well, We're usually doing about uh, uh, two to 3,000 usually a week. Oh. Or so, but the well, when we did John Featherston, that thing just blew up, and we actually got more downloads the second day, which has never happened. For whatever reason, that one just took off. Following in Kirk's footsteps, you guys get really defensive when someone jokes about your ratings. That's good. Good for you guys. <laughs> well, you know, if you ask some people, we only were brought into this podcast network that we're on because of our ratings, because we are the 67th and the 14th ranked podcast on Stitcher for sports and recreation as of last week. So. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Cheers to you guys. And who are those people, like mom and dad? And- uh, yeah, it's usually mom, dad, my brothers. Uh, everybody back at the halfway house uh, and then like a thousand iPhones at a bunch of the uh, Walmarts and Targets and Apple stores, you know, in the area. So good. Yeah, it's good. mostly good Steve and his testicles are still right up in his uh, stomach right now. <laughs> still waiting for him to drop. Hey, you're doing God's work. If the numbers aren't there, it doesn't matter. The, the work is there. It's appreciated by the Meta fans among us. That's right. And uh, speaking of Meta fans, what do you think about like this whole Kirk new show thing? I mean, have you have you? I know a lot of people have asked this on Twitter. Did you interview for it? Did you post for the position? Did you apply? No, no, never even thought about it because I know the budget. The budget's not going to be a uh, livable wage. It's that's why I I, I should have called Kirk this weekend because I had a thought Friday afternoon like ah, I haven't talked to Kirk in a while. It'd be funny just to shoot the shit. Stephen wants to grab lunch, and I'm curious what his producer search is like, but I can't imagine the budget is fucking high. It's just not. I mean, granted, what we were getting paid to be on the major market fucking station, what are they going to pay for a radio.com producer? So I'm curious to know what that search is like between him and Carlson and how they're finding people and how they're vetting them because you you got to be pretty fucking quick to keep up with Kirk. So good luck finding someone that can A, keep up with Kirk on an unlivable wage. What was the relationship like with Kirk since Him sounds and I? like you're still in contact? Yeah. No, it's, well, we don't talk, but it was tenuous. Is that the right word? That's terrible. That's not the right word at all. It was icy. Tense. Yeah, it was tense because, I don't know, he's like a dickhead and I like appreciate that he's a dickhead, but I didn't want to get into a battle with him unless I really had to. Like the couple months I did work with him, it was volatile and it was great. And this is my favorite part of working with him. 
But once I became the producer of the Midday Show, it's like if I walked into his studio, it was a bother. And I knew his show was focused on his four hours, and I wasn't going to sit there and just waste his time with some inane fucking conversation. So him and I don't talk a whole lot. Like, I reached out to him a few times, you know, when he would had just left the station for issues or whatever. But I, I'm, de- I'm absolutely 100% curious uh, as to how his producer search is going. I'd love to know who they're vetting and who they've shut down and who they're thinking about and it's it i don't know how they're going to find someone that could keep up with him sounds like they were all focused on ken and when ken said no that kind of left them holding the bag yeah and i don't blame ken i heard uh kirk made a comment um that ken said i can't trust you and i don't think it's like i can't trust you personally but i think he means i i can't trust the success of the show and ken's got like a less than one year old or maybe it's one by now so he does have some, you know, uh, things to think about. So I don't totally blame Ken for that. I mean, obviously Kirk's a one in a million talent, but until you can see that there's some revenue coming in or some job security, that uh, I guess I can't blame Ken or Curtis for not leaving. I guess you you can't blame them for that from a security standpoint. But from a good radio standpoint, have you listened to any of the morning show, the current state of the morning show now? Because I, I don't think you could make the argument that that Mutt. I mean, you even you said it yourself in the clip we played earlier that Mutt is like a poor man's Kirk. He does a little Kirk impression, does a little song and dance, and then that's it. You know, so you, you it's what have you thought? Have you listened to that new morning show? Yeah, I've probably listened to like one out of every 20 shows. I throw it on in the morning sometimes. It's a show. It's, I mean, the press release when Kirk got let go was embarrassing because it was everything they made fun of. And they're doing it. And they're talking about Kyrie. And the Kyrie, well, that's a bad example because the Kyrie thing is kind of exciting. He's a dick. He's a dick. He is. It's, it's polarizing. And it, we like to hate in Boston. But there's so many topics that you can tell that Jerry is just fucking hating every second of it because he wants to get into some with some teeth and there's no fucking teeth in most stories especially when the team's winning if the team's losing then yeah you're off to the races you can bitch about this and that hey hey bang on this if i have to listen to another fucking segment on gronk retiring i'm gonna fucking like drive off of a cliff i can't stand it like nobody john how do you do it how do you listen to that (laughs) show now i only listen to it if i know that there's something that I have to listen to, but I basically haven't listened to it since Kirk left. So I know that a lot of the guys in the show listen, um, because I believe me, because I know that they actually steal sound from us. And yeah, they sorry stole, guys. And they stole they stole our strip. But by the way, we we've been doing strip club reviews, and Mutt and Callahan stole that directly from us because uh, we had Steve doing strip club reviews, and then can you walk me through that? I heard that too. I didn't really. I haven't heard the show do it. What what happened? You guys did strip club reviews, which was uh, which was bizarre, painful, but anyway, yeah, it's it's gross. Something. It was gross, but it keep it classy with Steve. And it's funny. I mean, Steve, Steve, if you like his humor and if yeah. you liked him on the show, it's it's kind of grotesque and, and bizarre. But it, it was there was there was some funny bits to it. And then, you know, literally like two weeks later, I hear Wiggy and Mutt down at the Super Bowl going to what Wiggy called shake spots. And uh, they were all black strip clubs and Mutt's coming out and he's doing this whole video saying, oh, no, Mutt's got a little brother in him now that he went to this shake spot. And it's just I just it's just is a weird dynamic because you're bringing in a guy like Wiggy who is a guy that's coming from across the street, super sporty, but also, I mean, he's got a big personality that doesn't really fit, I think, with somebody like Jerry. He'd actually fit in really well with, like, if it was Keith and Keith and Wiggy, I think that would be a good show or a decent show, better than Dale, if you get Dale out the out, out of the door. But uh, with Jerry, it he just doesn't... Wiggy and Jerry don't seem to to, to mesh very well. So they, they stole our strip club review idea, and, and I only... But Jerry and Kirk would go well if... Jerry was doing the show like he used to do that was confrontational. Mm-hmm. 
no, it's they, not doing if it's not doing well it's because that they're handcuffed by their topics well they did the uh, martina nevertilova story about the transgender I saw. Athletes. first thing that had buzz in a while with them well why not the the letters haven't stopped so might as well get some bang for the buck there Right. Yeah. Now he's coming after Jerry. I mean, there was I was sent from an uh, from a station advertiser sent me a email that they got, you know, three weeks ago from from the activists, uh, basically stating that we 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 are baffled that you support the content of Jerry Callahan or that you continue to support the content of Jerry Callahan. So now, and I'm not sure, uh, Paul, if you read the the BOMAG, the Boston Magazine uh, piece on on Kirk, but it paints it as if the activist was just had hair across his ass for Kirk, and that's not the case at all. He was against the whole show and the whole station the content of the station no i didn't read this column uh, i remember seeing tweets about it and i, I should have done my diligence and read it can you give me a quick synopsis that th- what they're they're shitting on jerry for what no so the column is a, it's a kirk it's a kirk column okay. but basically it's a it's a it's a cover story in boston magazine and basically it talks about it paints the activists in a very sympathetic light kirk's actually interviewing the author tomorrow on enough about me so that'll be should be very contentious but he basically he he, he doesn't even talk about uh the shirley connection to the activists or he glosses over that he he doesn't even uh give turtle boy any props for the article he just says that a right-wing blog published his you know basically published his cell phone number and he got death threats so he does it's just a very sympathetic what a fucking dildo that is so ridiculous mm-hmm. the, the the glossing over of the shirley connection with with the activists is fucking insanity shirley uh, coward is it's insane how the globe gets away with this fucking virtual signaling bullshit and everybody who doesn't agree with you know what Fifty percent of the population agrees with you're a fucking criminal. Yep, and and the other thing that they don't even touch on is they act like like the the activist that he's just some concerned parent, and they they literally the way that he wrote this, it sounds like he conveys it that Kirk and Jerry fighting back were were them bullying this guy and bullying this guy's son. Beyond that, um, he basically made it sound he he completely ignored the fact that salespeople and uh, and the, the station itself lost millions of dollars. Like that number has been confirmed to me through. I heard Scott people. say that. Yeah. He said that in your podcast uh, a couple podcasts ago. Yeah, a million fucking dollars. So that's the thing. It just it it. So Kirk is going to have him on tomorrow, um, and uh, and and we'll see we'll see what comes of it. But well, that'll be a good listen. It sounds like a Dykstra podcast about yeah. thirty seconds, and then he fucking bails. Well, better than what Buckley did. Buckley didn't even show up. I know. Did you read the Buckley piece? I did. I, I and I like Steve. I wanted to like Steve, but God, he just kisses the fucking Red Sox ass. He just. Can, it's too bad. Let's let's. I think because we're kind of on this topic. Do you let's talk a little bit about what was what it was like at the station behind the scenes during that initial campaign by the activists. I mean, I know that you were. I think the timelines match up, right? Sounds like you were probably at the station when this all first started. Because I know at least it all math. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it was um, obviously happening, and it was one of those things where our pre-show meetings were like kind of dominated by that whole topic. I mean, it was just fucking terrible we all knew what the end game was for this guy which is not really an end game at all it was just to him just keep fucking harassing advertisers i remember um we had an, uh, this is told to me by someone we had an advertiser who signed on for a big contract and on the same day his first his or her whatever the company was this the day that their first advertisement aired they called and canceled 
because the activists called wow. them that fucking day and they just would like, you know what, we don't, and I don't blame, sometimes I don't blame the advertisers because they don't know. Look, they, they have X amount of money to, to market out their product. And if they're going to fucking deal with bullshit, then I don't blame them for going to another, um, you know, content provider. Do you know of any pushback that the station did to reach out to these people and say, hey, there's this asshole out here. He's going to reach out to you. We want your business. Was there no, any? Not really. I don't know. About, nothing proactive? No, I mean, I know that it existed, but I can't give you an, an an anecdote. Well, I know that Scott Scott with with Joey they they got together and then Scott crafted a letter that they sent around to sponsors. Basically, Scott said that he you know how how great it is to be a, you know to be a sponsor for the show and that, that it's a, that 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 they haven't had any issues or something like that. I, I guess they put Scott Lee said that he put that together. But even still, I mean, I don't that, that obviously wasn't enough because the end game was just to completely remove Kirk from the radio. Right. I don't know if that's the end game. I think the end game is at least to get Jerry out of there too, and maybe others. It's a new game. It sounds like a newer one. I feel like they were satiated for a month, and then now it's turned to Jerry. Yeah, and and that's the th and I do think that Jerry, in his own way, is just saying fuck this. Like he, that's why he keeps bringing up. He keeps tweeting about the trans athlete issue. He keeps bringing up the the Martina Nevertilova story. He he he's he's being defiant in a way that and and they're getting dumped too. So um you know I know he's your boy, but Joey Z still get the dump button still getting a workout when they're bringing up these these topics. And it's not his fault. It's not Joey's fault. I mean, the, I, I see the fucking vitriol towards Joey on Twitter, but I mean, you think he's calling the shots uh, autonomously? Not at all. No, I don't. Paul, I've been getting shit for this for weeks for stepping out here and saying Joey's not the guy who's running things. He didn't run out Kirk. He's not the guy hiring and firing the big names here. Everybody on Twitter. Everybody. When they, oh, you're, you're kissing Zarbano's ass here. fucking idiots. No, I'm just being fair. I mean, just do the fucking math. He's the program director. He's younger than me. He's uh, doing the best he can. Dude, no one was a bigger fan of fucking Kirk Minahan than Joe Zarbano. He's the one who pushed his sound to be played on every fucking show all fucking day. The only ones who didn't want to play the show, uh, play his sound, were Dale and Keith. Shove it up your nose. And we wanted, at the time, we were the midday show. We played everything he fucking said. Joey is a fan of Kirk Minahan. I don't know. I haven't talked to him in months, so maybe he's not anymore. So here's where I would ask you this question, because I, th I would agree with you to a point. And the point that we would differ was when Kirk is now referring to him as a rat. So why, why do you know? So you, obviously you're not aware if something happened towards the end. Because I know, I will tell you this, what I heard. On the last day, the day that Kirk and Jerry did their farewell show, Kirk is in the, and that was a great show, by the way. What a way to send off the best show on the radio. But um, the, Kirk is talking in the office to somebody and Joey walks in and Kirk says to Joey, get the fuck out of here. And then Joey says to Kirk back, and it's a great comeback. You ready for this? He goes, no, you get the fuck out of here. And uh, and they, they get into a shouting match, apparently. And then they basically had to be like, I don't know if separated is the right word, but basically they went into separate areas, and that was the last they spoke. Fuck you! <laughs> so I'm not sure if that's the reason for the vitriol from Kirk or if you know anything beyond that. Well, so what? Are we going to villainize Joey for standing up for himself? No, no, no. I'm not villainizing him for that. Well, I'm are people going to do that? I mean... Kirk knows that Joey's not calling the shots autonomously. He knows it's coming from above. So if Kirk has this huge hair across his ass for Joey, well, that's dumb on his part because he knows full well it's not fucking him making decisions. Paul, it seems like 
Kirk gets a hair across his ass, and it could be momentary that in this moment, I hate your guts, but that could be different five minutes from now. I, but Okay, so but I think there's also a way, and I think this is where I would be sympathetic with, with Kirk in a little bit, and obviously I'm being you know sycophantic here and being a, a, an no. ass kisser. Well, that's but, fine. I'm being sycophantic for Joey, and I'm going to yeah, get shit for it. Yeah, you are. You're, you're, gonna, you're, you're not going to get any Twitter applause for this, DEC. But anyway, I think that... Fuck them. In, in a way that, that Reamer could have done a little bit more for Kirk, or Bradford could have done a little bit more where this instead of like trying to like you're not going to get fucking fired if you give a response that that's beyond saying we all hope Kirk will be back soon because clearly that was what the company that was what WEI said that was the approved response when every single person on the station is saying the exact goddamn line we all hope Kirk will be back soon we you know that that came down from from someone above them so just try like a little bit of defiance I know that there were rumors that they were they could get suspended but like they're not going to fucking suspend Bradford they're not going to suspend Joey Maybe they will. I don't know. You'd know better than me, Paul. But like, I feel like they're, you know, trying to, I feel like Kirk would have pushed the envelope a little bit further than some people. Oh, you do? Well, he's, yeah, I do. It's a bold take. (laughs) (laughs) What would you have done? Tell me what you would have done. Um, as a producer that no one even knew the name of, I would have done nothing because who the fuck gives a shit what I think? My point is, it what you want like all the talent to unionize on the fly and like tell everybody. It, we stand by Kirk. I mean, they could have done that, I guess. No, but. but I mean, I live in Philadelphia, right? So I, you know, I I was ready to go storm up to the Entercom uh, studios and wait. They're like the the their their corporate headquarters are right over here. I didn't do it because I'm a pussy, but I would have. Uh, I would have in, in another world. I would have done it. Um, like for Reamer specifically, I think that Reamer he's a media columnist, right? So if he's going to pretend to be a media columnist and you're going to ignore the biggest fucking media story in the city. That seems like like that's that just seems like a hypocritical stance, no? Well, don't you think he's a little gun shy after everything that happened last year during the Super Bowl? But that's the exact point. If he, right, he, but he's not Kirk. Yeah, but he, what's he? He's not as talented as Kirk. He can't stick his fucking neck out there unless he has the fucking gravitas. And I, he clearly does. He's a kid too. I get that. You got to remember that he's what is he like 24, 25? Yeah, but I'm twenty seven. I've been fired from jobs before for taking a stand for something. Like I'm, I'm fucking twenty seven. Are Who you cares? comparing? Are you comparing your firings from jobs to what possibly could be Reamer's firing? From yeah, a but job? It doesn't he's making thirty grand a year? Whatever the fuck he's making. 50 right, but his goal is to be in the media. If he gets fired from here, he's already put his neck out there. He's sh- this is a great uh, little thing that he said one day on. Uh, he was on. K and C the time, and he's like, "Yeah, I put my neck out there. I shit on ESPN. I did this and that. I can never work there anymore." Yeah, I know he said that. Right, and he's right because he's put his neck out mm-hmm. there for WEI and for the things that Boston fans stand for. So he doesn't have a whole lot of fucking legs to stand on. Here's what I would say to him, though: You're already fucked. If Patriots fans hate you because of the whole Tom Brady's daughter thing, right? You, this would be a way that you could at least try and get your reputation back a little bit. That if you get fired from EEI with for who? St- with Kirk, with Kirk, sure, and you and me and a couple of fucking fans, or with his employers. What's yeah. what? What has more weight to it? I mean, if Kirk, it's is a pretty consolidated media right now. There's not a lot of options out there. Yes, the consolidation of power is exactly what's wrong with media today. I don't, I don't know. Um, if Kirk is successful, couldn't Kirk? Couldn't he go with Kirk? What do you mean, go with Kirk to what? The show that hasn't even been announced yet? Yeah, well, it's been announced. It just doesn't have a start date. Okay, the show that is well, didn't wasn't supposed to start today. It was it was supposed to start today, but it's been pushed back. So what? What is Reamer going to learn to fucking operate a board overnight and be the producer? Like, well, but he could be. What a are his co- options? He could be. A, he could be a co-host, columnist. Kirk. Part of his deal, if you read the press release, part of Kirk's deal was that he's going to write a column. Obviously, Reamer can you know write be a columnist for Kirk. 
Oh, all right. Well, tell me what the revenue stream is for um, Alex Reimer's bank account on blowing off WEI and putting all his ducks in Kirk Minahan's boat. I mean, but then tell me what the bank what the bankroll is for the aggregate that he does with the, the the aggregator articles and all the bullshit that they spew out on that website. I mean, it's, it's shit, but yeah, it's consistent. It's shit both ways. So either either you can have terrible shit or shit working for Kirk. And even if the unknown of working for Kirk, at least it's something you can be proud of. All right. Well, you know what? If Kirk said, I'll give you a, a tenth of my salary to come do this, then maybe fine. But Kirk has that fucking contract. So he can he has the confidence to say whatever the fuck he wants. You think Alex is a contract even in the stratosphere that Kirk's does? I but I guess yeah, I'm that- gonna get a lot of hate. I'm I'm on Alex's side. I'm on Paul's side on this too. I, I just don't see Alex's ability to do that. He's got no feet underneath him. He's there because he, he accidentally got into K and C by saying he was gay there because he was boring as shit on Glenn Ordway's oh, yeah, attic true. show. And he's only there because he blurted something out and he said a whole bunch of stupid stuff. There's, there's not a lot of depth there. I don't. I disagree. You think I think you, I think Alex think is talented. I certainly do for sure. Yeah, no, I, I would, okay, I would so say who he's... who else in the city? Um, I don't know. Is a good writer. Who who is writing things? That you find interesting. Who in the city is not a fucking bore? I I should clarify this. When I say not a lot of depth, I don't think he's got a lot of leverage. No, you're right. I tend to agree with you that he's interesting, even if I hate his takes. But I don't think he's got the leverage of Kirk. I don't think if he's out there, somebody's going to pick him up right away. Especially since he entrenched himself with some of the opinions WEI is... is Promulgated the right word? Yeah, promulgated, yeah. Yeah, he's he's kind of taken the side of WEI. In the sense that we are going to stir the fucking, well, we, they stir the pot. And he stirred the pot enough where he's kind of like created some enemies. Yeah, he has. He's got he can't the... go anywhere. Like, Drella can go anywhere. Yeah, I don't he's know. Just gonna, he can. So, so, so uh, I'm not sure if you saw the tweet that I sent out about, and Kirk retweeted it, and then Jerry retweeted it about uh, how um, my theory was the reason Drellick got fired was that he put out a tweet defending Kirk about the the signs of consolidation of power uh, between the Globe and the Red Sox um, were becoming more and more apparent um, because obviously the, this was right after the hit piece from Shirley in the Boston Globe, and he was he basically something said something to the extent of team owned by the Red Sox with paper owned by the Red Sox. You know, writes an article applauding, you know, said organization's decision to remove prominent radio hosts or something like that. And uh, it's a very specific paraphrasing of you. That's a good job. But but do you think that that is I mean, I I think that maybe I I have no insight into NBC Sports Boston. Um, It's done by them because he was fairly interesting. If that's the case, then fuck them. That's stupid. You think the Red Sox might have enough stroke to reach out to a sports network that doesn't even have the rights to say, get this guy off here just because he covers the Red Sox? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think NBC, I don't think they're going to turn their nose up with the Sox. And I don't know if that's the case, but if they did. He's a Red Sox beat reporter. So obviously they're going to have to respect what they say. Right. If they did reach out to him, then. The David Price thing didn't help him, I think, either. Um, I mean, but hopefully now, now the poor, now the guys doing fucking, you know, filling work and weekend shows and is hosting with fucking Butch Stearns, man. They're talking about, did you hear the sound of them today? They're talking, Butch is sitting there talking about, there's all sorts of bad types of animals. There's, there's mice and there's squirrels and there's red squirrels. (laughs) And they're just sitting there. And and I just hear Evan saying, wow, wow. I've never seen a red squirrel before. (laughs) Yeah. This brings this up, Paul, who uh, I want the F Mary kill of boring. Butch Stearns, Larry Johnson, Craig Mustard. Um, Mary Butch, for sure. Um, 
I who was the other one? It was Larry Johnson and who? Craig Mustard. Mustard. Yeah, I guess I'll fuck Larry and then, sorry, kill Craig. <laughs> he seems like such a nice guy. Craig is a nice guy, but fuck him. I, I don't know. I, I'm going to fuck Larry because Larry, I don't know. I want to fuck a man of God <laughs> because it's, it feels dirty. And Butch because he's a genuinely nice guy. Not that the other two aren't genuinely nice guys, but Butch is one of these guys that will talk to you when you're a nobody off the air and... and I have love in my heart for Butch. Did, didn't Kirk do a podcast with one of them? Didn't he do it with Larry? Did he do it? The Godfather. Yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. God podcast. Yeah, the Godcast. That, that was a good one. That's the one with the Jeffrey Dahmer clip, uh, quote, right? Do you know Jeffrey Dahmer accepted Christ before he died? Uh, <laughs> about, I think that was one of the questions on Twitter for you, Paul. I had I played that for uh, I played that for Mike Zahn, and that was the thing that made him lose it. We had to cut all that out because he <laughs> lost his shit when he played that. Minahan, he needs an app. What comes next for Kirk? Like, because there's a lot of theories now. I'm not sure, Paul, if you saw no, his, no. his his status. He or his bio on Twitter, Kirk said, soon, maybe soon, probably soon, and then probably not soon uh, for, his, uh, for his bio. Do you subscribe to the theory that Entercom is just kind of shelving him and saying, you know what, let's let's uh, let's let this guy dangle out there until the remainder of his contract and the show is yeah, never going to happen? Absolutely, I, I think they're making it difficult for him. I, I, we'll put it this way: they're certainly not making anything easy for him. Why would they? What's their motivation to make things easy for him? He's told them to go fuck themselves every step of the way, as he should. But what's their motivation to do anything to help him? Well, because he's a he's a talent, right? He's a generational talent, obviously, right, but. You, you could be whoever. If the number one guy tells you to go fuck yourself, then whatever. You'll, it doesn't matter. You, there's pride involved. I, I get that. But then at the same time, aren't you trying – like for Radio.com sucks. Like I think you, Oh, you, you think know, David Field's struggling to turn a fucking revenue without Kirk Minahan? Well, they, yeah, they actually were. Their, their earnings were down since they acquired CBS. This, this is the first – the last quarter was the first time that they actually turned a profit. Oh, um, so what is he, Uber Uber pulling to and from the bar now? No, I think he's just turning tricks in the back alley is what I think he's doing. But anyway, yeah. anyway uh, no, but it, it's still not a good thing from a company. Obviously, Field is going nowhere, right, unfortunately. Um, but at the same time, there not there some bragging rights or isn't there some business rev? Like, they're not utilizing Radio.com at all. Right? Who's who? The fuck is on Radio.com? That's of any note at all. Like, there's no standalone shows on Radio.com. So they're completely they they acquired Radio.com when they bought CBS. It's a revenue stream that they're not utilizing right now. They can actually do some branding and make it their proprietary standalone sort of app for for Kirk's show. But they're not doing anything with it for right now. They just have all this this equity that they acquired the CBS deal that's not doing anything. Yeah, so then I agree with that theory that they're not uh, shelving him actively, but they're certainly not going to make it easy for him. I mean, David Field and Sam Kennedy are absolute butt buddies. So if David Field is doing everything he can to make Kirk's show great, well, that's not going to sit well with Sam Kennedy. And, so, that, and that's the thing. I don't. Can, can you? Because obviously, were you a part of the show when Sam was interviewing at all? When they interviewed no. Sam, can you explain what the riff? Like, what is it that? What happened between Kirk and Sam that they just fucking hate each other? You guys know this. This is not. This is not new. It's this, it's the Adam Jones thing. It's one hundred percent the Adam Jones thing. The Adam Jones thing. I mean, if we could do a uh, blame pie, it's uh, Boston Globe twenty percent activist twenty percent. Um, I don't know. Just general Kirk being a dickhead. 20% and then the other 40% is the Adam Jones thing because they called out everybody who just sucked Adam Jones dick on this point and said he's got to be right how could he not be right and him and Jerry were the only two that said 
why the fuck can we not ask some questions? And to our credit, our show's credit, we did the same thing. Mm -hmm. OMF didn't get the publicity that the morning show did, but it's insane to think that we all have to just get on our knees and take it that he said that and he heard that and it happened. I still firmly believe it's crazy to think that some drunk idiot stood in the middle of center field and screamed the fucking N-word and nobody said anything because Boston is so fucking racist that we all just <laughs> agreed with this guy who yells that. That is insane. And the fact that they asked a couple of questions about it. Hey, hey, bang on this. The fact that they asked a couple of questions about it uh, went counterintuitive to what the Red Sox was saying. We believe him. He's a stand-up guy. Why would he lie? Well, why would he lie? Because maybe he misheard something. Listen, Sam Kennedy stands there like a little fucking cucks, like like a guy who sits in the in his in his fucking closet with a Superman costume while someone else bangs his wife is sitting there saying, "I looked at him in the eye and I believed him." Right? That to me, like, is Chicago PD racist? Well, that's his job. That's his job. His job is to be the PR arm of the team. So I don't blame Sam for his narrative or his, you know, uh, accepting unequivocally that Adam Jones heard this. Maybe Adam Jones thinks he did. I'm not on the, of, of the ilk that thinks that he um, made it up because he hates Boston. I think he thinks he heard it. No, I think he think I think he thinks he heard it too. But at the same time, if but it's you... insanity to think that he actually did. It's yeah. just, it's insane to think that in the middle, like for him to hear it, he's 150 yards away. Well, let's call it 150 feet away. So you're telling me in a radius of 150 feet from the guy who yelled the fucking N word, no one said a thing. Oh, I'm sure somebody would have said a thing. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, somebody absolutely would have said a thing because, I mean, look at Jesse Smollett. It's not like these things don't happen. Look at Marcus Smart. Of course these things happen. So is Chicago PD racist because they doubted Jesse Smollett? I mean, give me a fucking break. It makes no sense. Yeah, yeah. We're a lockstep on this one. Yeah. I actually hate this topic because we're all in agreement. But yeah. that's the, I think that's that's, that's the... We got we to gotta go back to arguing about Kirk. We had some good disagreement before. We'll go back about something else. Let's go back to Jerry. Okay. We haven't we, talked, we talked a little bit about Jerry. At the end, Jerry had talked about being a little down on you, Paul. What was that all about? Um, I don't think Jerry had any... Um, I, I agree with Jerry. I, I think I, I wasn't ready for the role. Jerry wasn't um, in my corner because I was kind of petrified. I, I kind of got thrust into that role because they lost both their producers in the span of a week. And at the time, I had no confidence or anything, so Jerry didn't, you know, totally love me. Ken had been doing it for years. Ken was hosting his own show in Pittsburgh. He had the, whatever, um, he had the stripes. So Jerry and I, you know, never really talked or, you know, like, you know, got together. So I don't blame Jerry for being hesitant about me. You know, I was the button pusher. And that, that role, it's either you nail it on the fucking board or you're shit. So I don't, I have no beef with Jerry's hesitance to like me. I think... Kirk and I got went back and forth a little bit because we went back and forth. We swore at each other, and it was you know vitriolic. And maybe you know Kirk liked me more than Jerry did. Maybe Kirk, I have no idea. Maybe Kirk liked me or hated me more than Jerry did. But I don't begrudge Jerry for his hesitance to like me. What was the knowledge for you guys on Curtis's drinking? Was that a complete surprise? She does. She helps special needs, special needs kids. <laughs> Absolute surprise. Yeah, I, well, I mean. Yeah, how? How is that possible? Well, I mean, this has been articulated on the show before. Whether it was Kirk or Jerry, that's how they knew him. They met him like that. So when someone's behavior from day one is X and their behavior on day 500 is X, then that's just he's just an idiot savant. That's how we all thought of him. He was just kind of all over the place, but he booked good guests and he knew when to book a good guest and he knew which story was good. And he's still good at that. 
So I, my only uh, anecdote I can provide is that uh, Sausage was the producer before me. And one morning I was doing the overnight shift and he kind of elbows me and kind of gives me one of these looks like, hey, does, um, does Curtis look, um, and he gives me the old drinking logo, like your thumb and your finger, like he's boozing. He kind of gave me a look like, does he seem drunk to you? And I looked at him like, no, I don't know, he seems fine. But Curtis and Craig interacted more before the show. So yeah, it's totally believable that he got away with it because he was drunk always. It wasn't like he was drunk sometime. That's awesome. I had I had no idea. But he's an idiot that's savant. Astonishing to me. He was still good. He was still good at the job. And he's obviously working with Tino, who was, you know, competing with him. So I mean, I guess there's a lot of that, but he was still good at his job. He still knew what sound was good and what guests were gonna be good and who was a fucking dickhead and he 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 was great even in his alcoholic haze he's still a great producer i can set the dialogue for the city it's an alcoholic trait real alcoholics can sometimes be really great at work and really focus there and then really be a mess on the side it makes sense in hindsight is that how you were when you were when you were drinking back in the day oh yeah Oh yeah, absolutely. I was I was hiding it. I was I was uh, drinking when my wife went to bed, and I've always been good at work. I've always been able to focus and almost obsess on one thing to the point that I can't stop until the task is done, whether it be work or whatever I'm doing. Everything has to be an obsession, whether it's drinking, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a work, whether it's sex, all of that stuff. So from that point of view of what you're saying about Curtis, it makes sense. And that's why you name yourself Drunk Eric Curtis, right? A little homage to him. Because I love, I love Curtis at that point. <laughs> I just, I love everything about I, I, I don't about think Curtis. this is good radio right now. We're doing. <laughs> she does. She helps special special needs kids. You're a hog. You have no idea. There is so much more sound that needs to be unearthed. We lost some sound, like in some sort of transfer. But there are hours and hours and hours of what seems to be benign audio. But like that, there's there was one little day where I found some good audio and we unearthed it. I think it was the one where he was like, "Curtis, can I ask a favor?" And I'm not being critical. I don't want you to get defensive. <laughs> don't, Here we go. don't don't no no don't, no, don't, no seriously. Like, he he says to you, "Hey Curtis," and you're sitting there and you have the microphone way up here. And you know you're about to answer a question. A I want to know that he was going to ask me a question. <laughs> Chris, you got no energy today, though. What's going on? He says, listen to me. You're, what is it? What's going on? You say, look, he's already defensive. Don't get defensive. It seems, do you, would you so agree, Jerry, low energy? I think all those cream horns would give me a little bit of energy. <laughs> Please listen to me. I just, I, I, I'm not criticizing. I just want to know. He's right, by the way. I'm he exhausted said, by this show. I am exhausted <laughs> by this show. How do we not know? By the way, um, talking about the Doritos and Kirk calls him out for like, what's the matter with you? Well, get past that. And whatever, we unearthed it on the midday show, but this fucking hours of that shit. You just got to dig. Yeah. He was insanely drunk all the time, but it just, whatever, that was his voice. It was his tongue was bigger and it just sounded like a guy whose fucking tongue was big. He doesn't even look the same now. Oh God, no. I, I, I want to know what happened with the voice because he had like that fucking chicken gullet, like when like when he's doing the chicken yonky soup thing. Like it sounds yeah. like he, it's it's just a total transformation. And now if you look at him now, he looks like he's like like sickly, like a it dude. He's like, sickly. It's, he's not. He's actually healthy for once. Yeah. It but blows my yeah, mind. I know what you're saying because when you meet him when he's 400 pounds, you think okay, that's him. And then when you see him when he's 180, it's like ugh. Why is your head so big? Um, do we want to take Twitter questions? I feel like we're running a little long here. Do you want to take any? Do we want to take any Twitter questions there, uh, DEC? Yeah, I don't have them on the top. Of I my got head. them right here. If it, uh, Paul, Paul, you want to take some Twitter questions? 
Absolutely. All right. So um, we've got Sporty R. McKenzie, our good friend Sporty R. McKenzie says, why, oh, yeah. why does the dummy refuse to say hello to me when he sees me out in public? Um, so Sporty R. McKenzie told me he takes the same train as me. He saw me one day when I was living in Abington for a couple of months. We took the same commuter rail from Abington to, to South Station and the motherfucker didn't come over and say hi. So that's on you, Sporty. Love you to death, but go some balls. And I even told you I'm only taking this train for five more days before I move, so come find me. And he didn't. There you go. So that's his own fault. Um, how tall, straight Alex Reamer, how tall is Mutt WEI? He actually responded to this. He said 5'9". Is it true that Mutt is 5'9"? You've been in the He's room with five him. He's not 5'9". He's like 5'7". He's a little guy. Really? But his hair is thick. just not on the top of his head my friend oh my god i'm so sorry mutt that is he needs to do something that is bad that is bad i am i'm going bald a little bit but jesus thank god he's already married i mean i'm single i'm struggling he's married he's just kids he's locked in thank god just shave your head for crying out loud something did things not work out with you and lucy what do you mean oh yeah you said you're single things didn't you also you had a girlfriend when you were on the show you were tending bar and you had a girlfriend at the time that didn't yeah work i out. got in a lot of trouble i told lucy before the segment do not do not bring up the fact that you and i went on a date because my girlfriend might be listening and sure enough she was so eager to impress kirk and the rest of then jerry and john that she just blurted out yeah paul and i went on a date yeah we made out blah 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 oh my god and i was God. in the fucking dog my literally so i'm doing the segment with her and you know the guys and my phone is blowing up like a maniac like don't ever fucking talk to me again you're a lying fucking asshole you're such a son of a bitch i asked you about her you said nothing happened and it's my fault because i should have told her the truth but i was asked about lucy from my girlfriend at the time and i lied and said no nothing happened holy shit so lucy got you 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 broke up or your girlfriend broke up with you because of lucy no no i no, I smoothed it over, okay. but it, I was okay. in the doghouse for a good week okay. or two. All right. um, we've got Blobe. Blobe asks us, uh, shout out for the lung coward trend. That was, I have to do give you props. That was awesome when, we, when you started that. Um, first, That was the best. That was the best 24 hours of Twitter ever. Not because I was like on top of it, because Shirley was such a coward for not responding to anybody. The ratio was insane, and she was just being a pussy, writing this column about Kirk, not acknowledging her relationship with the activist and just ignoring every fucking response. Yep. What a I had forgotten about that. You were a freaking hero that you were a champ with that. That was awesome. Oh, I was pissed. I hate, I, I don't, I'm not, uh, I don't know. The free, the, the 98, five guys got involved with that. Well, she's such a fucking little baby and it's so typical globe of her. And it, corresponds with the whole Cullen thing. She was just so happy and righteous to be on top of this Kirk getting let go from WEI that it was just, fuck you, Shirley. You're such a puss. Write a fucking story, but then respond to it. Go on the podcast. Talk about it. Don't go on with Jim and Marjorie who are going to spoon feed you fucking shit questions that won't press you on any of that. She's, she's, she's the worst. She is, And then she goes on this panel with, with Mark Hannon had to be there on WGBH, and she's so smug. A smug fucking dickhead, like she accomplished anything, like she did anything for anyone or wrote anything introspective. She's the worst. No, she 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 didn't because at, when Kirk went on, um, didn't Kirk go back on? Uh, what was it? WGBH? No, it wasn't WGBH, but he went on a show with, uh, with Jim. Jim. Yeah, he did. He we went with with Rowdy, and right. and and he challenged her to show up. He said what ten thousand dollars to her charity of her choice, and she she fucking yeah. turtle. She doesn't she she cowered out like long coward. Um, the only she other- was a coward. She was absolutely a coward during that whole thing. She wrote a column 
and she was so proud of herself and I'm sure everybody in the newsroom gave her big pats in the ass and she was just so uh, the echo chamber of globe dildos telling themselves how awesome they are was fucking insufferable. I couldn't take it. Yeah, well, we don't think that this rhetoric is very life-affirming, so uh, we, we need to shut it down. I mean, that's the, that's the trend with people like this, is that they're going to shut down any opinion that doesn't run in line with the echo chamber that they're in. It's just, it kind of is... Dildos. Like, yeah. They Collection are. of dildos. That's right. They're a bunch of dinks. The only other thing he uh, he asked about was, uh, what would your dream show sound like? Oh my! Like like a couple of hosts together. Yeah, like because uh, he was asking if you still produce, but we already answered that one. So then he said, uh, you know, are you still producing? What would your dream show sound like? My dream, sh- well, like if I could put three hosts together, yeah. it would be probably Kirk, um, and then his best partner ever, Jerry. And then this is going to sound novel, but like a rotating cast of pertinent characters. <laughs> Isn't that, that's great. Like maybe like a casting couch sort of deal. Yeah. Where you can some kinda... of them where they can like, you know, uh, bring in someone that matters that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, I've always said for Kirk's new show, what I'd like to see is for him to, I think like if, if it's going to be a balance, I'd like to see a balance between the Tangway summer shows and then the serious Cullen expose shows. Like if he can find an equilibrium between those two poles, that's a recipe for success because both both of those shows oh, wow. are... wow. It's almost like what they were doing. Right? Yeah, exactly. And, and it's something that the morning show is not doing now um, whatsoever. Now they're talking about whether or not Gronk's going to be back and whether or not the Celtics are a likable team. I can only handle so much of that before I... Right. And I have friends. I have friends that like didn't like Kirk and didn't like the show and they're, oh, I'm in the car. I want to hear about sports. And my only response is, you know what? Read, read the fucking Herald. Read the read. You're too lazy to read the fucking couple of beat reporters and get your own goddamn take. So you want to tune in for your 20 minute commute and you want something to talk about at the water cooler. You want fucking. They've got 8:50 dil- a.m. If they want that, Wingo and Golic are on there. I, I live with two guys that like fucking sweat Levitard and uh, whoever oh, is dad. And those break. people exist. All I can do is be like, are you, are you stupid? Like this is the most uninteresting, unfunny, pretend to be interesting conversation ever. And I hate the fact that there's no real fucking takedown of these idiots. I, yeah, and, 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 and of course, Lebitard, that fat load, is, is going to go he complain. He going to call up Mark Cannon or Phil Zach or whoever's at the time and say, oh, they're making fun of me. They're making fun of my dad, but saying I'm using him as a token or a prop. Like, fuck you, bro. Like, you, you, he's, he hasn't done an interesting thing in his life. I don't know how he's got such high ratings on his show. Like, apparently, oh, you don't? Well, oh, he has high ratings. I didn't know he had. had well, not he, in Boston. No, not in national. Boston. But nationally, he's got. He does pretty well. Like he 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 says that he's got like the best. If we're talking in terms of, I guess, the affiliates. Like he's got the most affiliates apparently, and he just podcasts uh, us pretty that well. That doesn't too. that doesn't really matter. If we're talking about national radio, like sports radio, those stations are big in markets like. I don't know, Springfield, uh, Hartford has an affiliate. Right. And there's a lot of people out own. there. There's a lot of people out there. And I, I'm hesitant to call them all idiots, but they're all lazy to me. If, if you need your takes from a guy on the radio, then you're fucking lazy. Then you're looking for talking points for the water cooler so you can make it seem like Dave in accounting thinks you're in the know. If you can get enough affiliates in enough markets, you can have an advertising plan and you can make money off of it. It doesn't mean that there's a lot of people listening or you're stirring the pot. Yeah, I mean, that's not for everybody. Fine. But it's for Boston. Let's switch gears. I got another good question. Uh, Callahan Forever, who do you miss most from WEI and who can eat shit? Um, I saw this one. I don't have a good answer for who can eat shit. No one was a dickhead. I mean, I didn't really mix it up too much, but I, I miss Fourier because Christian and I ripped each other's throats out 
in breaks more than anybody else. Oh, we yeah. fucking, I loved it because Fourier had some requests that were not feasible and were on the air and he's not a professional radio guy. So I would have to fight with him about how you should actually ask for sound. And we'd, the, I'd throw to break before we were supposed to go to break and I would rip the door open and him and I would rip each other's throats out, but it was fucking exciting. It was actual, I felt like I was alive fighting with Fourier and Lou would step in and make sure no one threw punches and him and I would, you know, all of a sudden the, the thing says, you know, Ryan, our co-producer says, Hey, 20 seconds. So, okay, we got to bottle it up and then we would come back from break and we would, you know, pseudo talk about it. I, I, and Fourier is the one who's reached out to me the most since I left the show. And like, we've like said, Hey, happy, you know, Merry Christmas and shit like that. How's everything going? Good thing with Caleb. Caleb got the, you know, his, his son got a, a couple of scholarships. That's so nice. like, yeah, he's the one I missed the most because it, I felt alive producing for him. Hey, is Ordway a, an anchor around them? Could they do that with just Lou and Christian at this point? And would it be better? Um, it wouldn't be better because Lou and Christian aren't ones. Lou's a better one than Christian, obviously, but Glenn's a good one. He's a, a good one, but I mean, how higher? How higher are we setting the bar? He's better than Ben's. I'll give him that. Okay, great. Tallest <laughs> fucking midget. That's right. Yeah. Um, no, I, 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 I think people are kind of. I like Ordway because I grew up with him and. That's pretty much I it. I think, Paul, the question, the, the people who want to know, like, I mean, they did a, what, 6.9 versus, what, like a 15 across the street or like a 14 or something like that. So from a rating standpoint, why they're getting tripled right now. So they've got to do something. Like, uh, you got to, you know, so fight for your show. Tell me, you know, you used to produce these guys. What, what do they need to do to write the ship? I don't know. I think Felger is uh, just a Goliath right now. He's just, he's he has his fan base. They're not going to turn away. Felger is clearly talented. I think Maz is along for the ride. Jim Murray's along for the ride, but not as much as Maz. But I don't know. They got to create some buzz. They, it was better if Kirk was around. Then it'd be morning show versus afternoon show, and they'd be playing each other's sound, and it would be controversial. It would be awkward. It would be uh, you know everything that I mean. OMF was they loved Kirk. They absolutely loved that Kirk fucking mixed it up. And Dale and Keith was the afternoon show at the time, and they chose not to engage so it just fell on deaf ears i mean the the obviously you're gonna get more listeners in drive time than middays but if kirk was around and omf was around then they'd all be doing better i think that's the story that that hasn't been talked about is is dale and keith you guys were winning by a lot in middays and they got lapped in middays this last one they lost like what half their audience yeah well zolak's very likable and dale and keith are just there they're just there. They're just doing a show. Just like this podcast is just a podcast. <laughs> hey, so, so as a, it's an adequate yeah, podcast. That's, that's our tagline. That's, that's right. right. That's right. So as a, hey, so as a producer, you also got to talk with a bunch of media types. I think that wasn't Stephen A. the one that told you he was not going to come back on, right? Didn't Stephen A. tell you that that he was like that? that he's oh, he done? berated me in Vegas. Did he? Yeah, tell he, me what he, he said. He dressed me down. Yeah, I asked him to come on because whatever. I mean, he had his show going on. It was like twenty feet from our table, and you know. Once I said EEI, he basically just stopped me from talking and just tore into me for, you know, all the sins of WEI and his opinions. I, I know he wasn't yelling at me. What, like what? What did he say? Racist? Did he say that they're racist? What did he say about EEI that he hated? Unprofessional? Oh, I don't know. It was, yeah, unprofessional. I don't know if he said you're racist. Uh, he just, you know, I, your station, I used to love going on your station all the time, but you guys are, I think it was the Kirk versus Mayweather interview. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, yeah that's yeah, what it because, was. Because he's, he's carrying the water for like one of the most virulent wife beaters in the nation. Like, come on, Stephen right. A., what do you expect? 
So he held that in his, you know, craw. So when I said the words, the letters W-E-E-I, then that just all came to, to a front. So he didn't want to go on our show. He didn't want to go on W-E-E-I because he, whatever, it's just still pissy about the Kirk thing. You're talking about Dino being ill-prepared. This guy doesn't even know who the fuck is playing in the NFL. I don't even know who uh, the fuck watches sports. No. But anyway, talking. so the, to go back to my question, I was going to ask you about, since you've talked to a lot of media types, you know, who is the, the biggest fraud in media in your experience? Not somebody at EI, because we kind of talked about that, but just maybe a, a caller, a, you know, a guest that would come in. Who's the biggest fraud that they come across one way on the air, but they're really an asshole? Either Bomani or um, Greg Doyle. Who just <laughs> really didn't he write? Didn't Greg Doyle mm. write a column today, like saying Robert Kraft needs to sell his team, or Roger Goodell needs to take? He's one of these guys who writes inflammatory columns and then doesn't want the press for it. Like, go on the fucking show, talk about it. And Rob Parker, I think Rob Parker actually did go on with OMF this week, but he's one of these guys who was like, "Don't ever text me again. Your producers have been harassing me for years." Blah blah blah. And it's like, okay, Rob, we'll. Fucking, I'm not asking you to mow my lawn. Come on and talk about your fucking take. So he's a puss. Bomani's a puss. And um, I guess Stephen A's in there too, but less less than uh, Greg Doyle and, and the other two. Hey, how was Tangway? Love him. Love him to death. Absolute, genuine, fucking great guy. And he gets vitri- He gets people hate him because of his takes, but f- if you're getting mad at someone's takes, it's on you. He's a funny fucking fun guy. He, I love him. He amuses the shit out of me, yeah. especially when he's engaged. I've tweeted at him a few times to come on here, but I, I don't. That's never going to happen. I get but so we'll mad when Patriots fans like get like uh, offended, or, or any Boston sports fan offended that someone like has a take against their home team. Like, you're not. Bill's not going to call you and say thank you. Uh, you know, to, Robert, Tom's not going to say, "Hey, thanks for defending the wall." The, the guy has a take that's uh, you know against what you believe as a sycophantic Patriots fan. Thornton never got that? Uh, yeah, maybe he did. <laughs> he sucked balls pretty hard, so I'm sure he did get a, an attaboy. Thornton still thinks he got a shout-out from Trump when they were at the White House, though. Yeah, I mean, I love Jerry because I'm a Pats fan, and he is a great blogger. No one breaks down the games, but, I mean, he it's a role. He's chose his lot in life, and look at it. What, are you going to begrudge him for that? Is he good on the radio? No. Um, no, it's crazy to think he was on full time at EEI. It just blows my mind. It's well, he was there during Deflategate, and who better to have on the air during Deflategate? He'll defend the wall, and that's when you had all the. And now they're bringing back the same attorneys uh, to talk about the whole Robert Kraft hand job situation. And then, and I think that's the other thing is like all these these people, these defend the wall people, uh, these these Pats fans, these BS BJ BSJ guys. They all are so sensitive about the sports takes, but what bothers me more and what should bother them more is the inflammatory takes about something like the Robert Kraft. Did you read the Tara Sullivan piece, that that fucking drivel that she put out saying, oh, well, this just goes to show we can never really know the people that sign the checks. No shit. Like, what like, oh, What kind of God. fucking, like, are you kidding me? What do you think Jerry Jones is doing? Are you serious? Yeah. Wait, someone from the Globe Virtue signaled about... What? Right, about about uh, how, how terrible it is, about that he's he's facilitating sex trafficking. Like I don't believe it. It's offensive. Yeah, right? Isn't it surprising? It's surprising. You'd never think that would happen. Ugh. It's offensive to the adults in, in, the, in the room that you're going to conflate him going and, you know, the, and getting a body part rubbed to, to fucking human trafficking. To me, it's just beyond. I do hate that everyone's like, oh, it was only a hand job. No, it was a blow job. That's right. We all know that it was a blow job. So let's not, let's, let's. Let's say it the way it is. It was definitely a blowjob. What's scary is if the video ever comes out. Oh, because, Jesus. God, we're all going to watch it. How much would you pay if you're him? You're worth $6 billion. How much would you pay to make sure it doesn't, that doesn't come out? $1 billion? 
You'd play one million or not one billion. Pay a billion. That's what Mutt said. You you and Mutt have the same take on this. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I mean, t- t- that video comes out. That changes everything. You like Mutt? You think he's a good host? He's a good co. Yeah, he's good. He's fine. He's a can good he, three. Can he, can he? He's a good three. Okay, so he's a fine host. He's he's not. He's uh, he's, he's a host, but he's not a uh, a number two chair, right? He's not. Uh, he he can't carry a show is what you're saying. Yeah, you're twisting my arm here. Mutt was very good to me, but he's a host. <laughs> I mean, we're also comparing him up with Kirk. If Kirk never was born, then Mutt's a very good host. There you go. But before we let you go, do you have a good Dino story that you can leave us with? I'm no, I shared it with you earlier. The, 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 the midday text, the 12 p.m. text, two hours after the show, or maybe three hours after the show ended, where he would just gather up all his thoughts and group message Lucy and I about some stupid fucking take that he had or some decision we didn't make and then we'd have to i don't know just appease him so the dino stories to me were fine he was nice he gave me like a bunch of shirts one day granted like he's like 10 size bigger than me. any bolognese no i didn't know i never got any food from dino but no i mean i had no problems with dino but i saw that there was problems with the show so i know again i was very junior in the role i wasn't there to fucking stir the pot too much i was trying to get a position trying to you know, start my life in sports talk radio. So who am I to tell Dino to go fuck off? Do you think that there is ever 100% feeling of job security as a radio producer? Yes. Yes. Because they're not paying you anything. Andy was there for how many years? Like 20? They're not paying you anything. So what's the, as long as you're um, just showing up and doing what you have to do, then you're fine. You're not going to get fired for being controversial because you don't get the pulpit. You're not going to fuck yourself. Okay. Details of the Lou and Christian fight. What about that? KNC always seemed to like Paul and Lou and Christian resent that from the beginning. I, what, I don't know what the fuck this question is. But anyway, details on the Lou, uh, the Kirk and uh, Christian fight. Oh, um, yeah, that was at, that was as real as people described it. I mean, they were going to rip each other's throats out. I mean, you have Kirk, who's not going to take no, and Christian, who's not going to take no. And Christian's an athlete, so his testosterone's at a 10 at all times. And they, we stepped in between. I pushed Kirk out of the way of, you know, an oncoming bull, and Joey was holding back, you know, Christian. And, yeah, it was as tense as uh, it's been described. It was not fake. This is not radio bullshit. Those two do not like each other, and Christian wanted to fucking kill him. That's awesome. Yeah, it was totally real. It's not um, – and I – oh, God, do I hate the fucking um, – what is it? What did Chad Finn say? It's a bunch of fabricated, you know, some 97% of shows. 97% fake. Right. Yeah, no, it's not. It was never fake. Nothing was ever fake. It was all uh, – it was real, and that was tense, as <laughs> tense as uh, I've ever been in a, a professional situation. Well, here's my big t- takeaway is SV Callahan listens to this, and that's the shocker of shockers for me. Oh yeah, SV. SV, does, SV doesn't. Uh, I I didn't think that he listened to the show, but apparently he does because he's asking questions. Um, and so we've had kind of a split in the parody account community. Some people have stayed with MNC. Some people have decided to stay focusing on you know the Kirk content. So that's all that I'll get into on the topic. So it's been a, it's been definitely been an issue of debate that there's there's definitely a a rift in the parody account community between the those the the few that have stuck with MNC and then the ones that are planning on going and going over to. To the the new Kirk show. So what are you gonna like blame? As are people not you? Are people going to like blame SV Callahan or anybody else who wants to stick with the show that's on the no, air? No, no, no. I wouldn't blame. I wouldn't blame them if they want to. You know, listen to an inferior product. I'm. I'm just. Kidding. Yeah, I just question judgment. 
No, I mean, hey, I I understand because what's the option? Yeah, what's the until Kirk show is until Kirk show is on the air? Then what are you gonna do? In the ideal world, it's still a morning show. It's still I'm not gonna listen to Toucher and Rich. I'm just not. I can't handle it. So that's why. And what am I gonna listen to? I can only listen to Joe Rogan meander on about taking DMT for so fucking long before I just want to like have a heart attack. I can't do it. So I need something a little bit more high energy than than listen to something like that. Um, Well, the MMA the MMA guests who no one gives a shit about. Yeah. Yeah. The MMA. Oh, those are the worst. Those are the worst. Though they'll pass two. If you're into it, fine. But God, is it boring? Jesus, it. man. And the, but the Doctor Phil one that was that was that was boring. But the last one with Alex Jones, that shit was fire. <sighs> that was incredible. He's talking about like harvest, like human farms where they where they're farming human organs and tissue and shit like that. It and just, God bless Joe for interrupting because he does get on these rants. And Joe's the only one that's like, stop, stop. You've said three things in a row here that are fucking nonsense. Let's break these down before you get into fucking. Uh, uh, I don't know, uh, the whatever, Hillary Clinton and uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, right. Before the, we the get fucking, to that. The fucking Pizzagate, all that bullshit. Um, the chemtrails. Yeah, <laughs> he would believe that too. So um, one other one that's fu- kind of funny. It's one to ten, how big of an asshole is Dale? Um, Like a seven. Really? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I never felt like Dale was um, my buddy, or not that he should have been my buddy, but he can be glib for someone he's never met. Like him and I like, were never friends, but he was short with me from time to time. And he, he did like get like butt hurt over like some drops or that were played and stuff like that. Like Really? Yeah, he but he never like stormed in the studio and was a dickhead. But like I could just tell he wasn't a fan of mine. Because I was more of a fan of the way the morning show was doing things and the way our show was doing things. You know, the funny thing with him is that he he totally squashed um uh Keith who was reading um Oh god, DC, you remember whose tweet he was reading? It was the uh, it was about the Bob Kraft thing. And he was reading a tweet by Asante Samuel, what it was. And Asante Samuel had a funny tweet about the Robert oh, Kraft yeah, thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. And Dale, you know, you can, like, Keith finish, finishes. And Tame. Yeah, it was, it was Tame is funny. He was talking about, like, uh, you know, I got to introduce you to the girls I know or something like that. And and you can just feel the tension because Keith finishes reading the text or the, the tweet. And then he just says, oh, sorry. And then Dale says something like, well, that's not like that's very funny to talk about. Um, I'm like, you can just tell. How do you do a show when you're afraid of your co-hosts like that? <laughs> well, it's when like you're just cowering. It's like doing a show with you know your grandfather. You know, like I feel for Keith because it's like I mean he's doing a show with somebody who's just out. It's I feel like it's passed him by because Dale didn't. If you listen to the fill-in shows he did for DNC, like you know seven years ago, he did, he wasn't always like this. Yeah, I feel like he has progressively gotten more dinkish in his later years. Yeah, I think Dale uh, was fired one time, and he's talked about this openly about the fact that he had to like rethink his housing situation, and you know he's got kids in college, so yeah, he's doing what he can to keep the job. Um, I don't think it's in his, um, I don't know, purview to stir the pot, and it's not gonna be. So hold your breath if you wish. Hey, hey, bang on this. So Paul, do you think the show is gonna happen? Because right now it doesn't sound too promising. I, who said it wasn't going to happen? I didn't say it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> you, saw, you, 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 you seem to be uh, raining on this whole parade here. What do you think the odds are that it's going to happen? You think it's pretty good odds? 100%. Not, he's going to do a show. It just might take a little bit for him to find the right producer. Yeah. It's a huge element of the show. It's huge. That's right. And unless And, and, and Anacom is not going to pay big money. So where are you going to get this guy for free? Because you're not going to take someone from another city who's talented. Because if he's in another city and he's talented, he's getting paid a livable wage. So Anacom's going to have to pay more than that. 
Or you're going to find some kid who's like, what, 23 years old out of Emerson? Yeah. Who's seen like three movies in his life? All Kirk wants to talk about is current events and movies and music. Mm-hmm. That's why Ken was good. Ken knows music and whatever. If Curtis or Ken didn't know movies, whatever. Jerry was there. make fun of him. That's content then if they don't know it though. So that's a help, but... Um, it's it's but you need to have someone that does know it can't be just kirk berating the guy who doesn't know there needs to be some other arm of it so you so, don't think that blind mike is going to be good with him then yeah <laughs> i was just going to ask can you can you see do you need to see things to do the job no but you need to talk at a pace that lets people want to listen to your podcast or show <laughs> or whatever it is i love mike to death but god his first podcast was like Ripping my fucking toenails out. Mike, love you to death. You need to get some fucking preparation in your life because you are making it up as you go and you're slow. It's just slow delivery is bullshit. I'll sit in with you. I will, if I have the time, let me know. I will critique this. But Mike, uh, that whole Rip Joey Limb from Limb podcast was an absolute snooze. The content was about four minutes of content and it took him 56 minutes to get through it. Mike, Please. We brought the get best out of them in our the podcast. Goddamn point. Yeah, I, I got it's the one podcast I didn't let's listen to was your last one with him, but Oh, right. he was screaming and yelling, he was great. All right, how then then critiques for our podcast then. You listen to all seven of them. How how you know, let's hear let's hear your from a radio pro, let's hear your critiques. Um I I don't think this is good radio right now. We're doing the I mean, just stop sucking Kirk's balls so much, <laughs> I guess. I mean like find That's some people point. like that it's Brian Ricci. This is called the that Brian Ricci, but that Brian Riccio guy. That was a good he, one, right? He, it was good, but he every other question, he's like, I don't know about that. He said at one point, I don't even know who Peter King is. Like he was a fucking idiot. That's he why. he's he's one of the worst people in the world as far as like Twitter bully pulpit guys. He has all these takes, but nothing really behind them. He's just he he sucks. But you need to find someone who's informed, like. Someone who like doesn't like Kirk. To, or so can, bring like, him on. You're saying guys. you're saying less less positive and more confrontation. We need in this. Podcast. Yeah, I think I think you two have the Kirk pro thing covered. Yeah. Maybe find someone that like you know thinks that you know sports Kirk talk sucks. radio is good or whatever. Um, being mean to people is not fun. So let me ask you this: We've we've got a guy, a, a displaced Bostonian on Twitter. He wants to come on. He we've had differences of opinion, especially regarding sports and sports talk radio. You think he'd be somebody good? He's contentious. He's an asshole. We could definitely fight with him. That's something for sure. That, yeah, I mean, but he's he's a yeah exactly because he's a Boston sports fan sycophant. Yeah. So he's just he's like so pro team. His 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 Twitter avatar shouldn't be fucking Craig Iron. It should be two pom poms with fucking uh, Patriots logos on them. I mean, he's a good follow and he pays attention, but he's just a sycophant. And it's oh, just- I pissed them off. I went on a, I went on a tear because they put something out there about Joey, basically saying they hired Mark James because he was sexually harassing women. And I just went on a fucking tear. Well, that's stupid. That he started what the a, Chicago a, fires. That he he killed the Lindbergh baby. What a dumb take. They, they I mean, may, maybe Joey, may, maybe Joey hired him because he was controversial, um, but I don't think Joey said, "Oh, he's molesting women or being accused of um, harassing women." Therefore, let's get him on. No, he's Mark James is a psychopath. Yeah, <laughs> who so hates fine. me? He hates me. By the way, did you hear that far in the last episode, Mark James? No, I didn't. Here, he hates you. you. Can you play the sound? No, I deleted. Don't do that. It, don't. I... This is why. This is why. This don't do that. 
Don't do what Fourier did all the time. We, you didn't have the sound queued up. Don't ask him to play sound that he wasn't ready for. God this damn is why it. Fourier and I ripped his throats out. God damn it. It's not that easy, man. Come on. It's not. It's not. <laughs> I fucking. But how still. Hard, how hard can yeah, it be? I got rid of it thinking we're not going to go back to that. They're paying you fucking $30,000 a year. How hard, can <laughs> it, how, hard, how hard can it be to get me the fucking sound that I want? Come on. It's not that hard, but give <laughs> give the guy a fucking a chance, will you? He is hosting and and fucking producing the drops right now at the same time. So I think he's doing a lot of work. And he also yeah, You has have to, no idea how hard this is. Sure. It's not like being in a radio studio here. I've what got, I just said. Uh, I oh, definitely shit. enjoyed See, what is I'm that? even hitting all this shit. No, I'm hitting buttons accidentally. See, see, this is what this is why I liked working with some people because I would get yelled at and I could go rip their throats yeah. out because they didn't ask for it correctly. But yeah, yeah here's him, the psychopath. Uh, let's go to uh, John, who's up in a car. Not me. So on the Matthews thing, like, and this just shows you how like unprepared you are mm-hmm. for shows. And you just talk out. By the way, hey, can John, can I ask John? you this? Do you have a fake Twitter handle that you go by on the air that you claim that you're an executive on? Uh, some executive from Entercom? Because I think this is who you are. Are you that guy? What? No. Uh, oh, oh, what? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? No. Yeah, we know who you are. We know who you are, dude. We got your number now, too. But just just so you know, we know who you are. Yeah, yeah. We know who you are. John in Pennsylvania, we know who you are. Oh. Just so what it's worth. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Try try putting your real name on a Twitter handle before you bash people. Troll trash. 617-779-7937. Yeah. Mark you sucks. Ask, when you ask him a question, what? You heard, you heard the start? What? What? No, no, no. Now he's calling back. Yeah, it sounds like he said that and then fucking cut your mic and then uh, acted like you had nothing to say. He, he no, it, was, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. That's the funny thing, dude. Oh, it right. was a different guy. Just some guy named John called in who had a negative take against him and he automatically thought it was me. Right. Well, if Mark James is doing his own show, then he sucks. But if he's on with Kirk and Jerry, then they'll fucking they'll get into it with him. Uh, so yeah, he could be good because he's crazy and he's got a lot of screws loose. But as a uh, number one, he sucks. I can empathize with with what he's trying to do because he came from a different you know network because of you know there were rumors about other issues that he came into with you know co-hosts and harassment and things like that and he had the whole shit with the girl in North. Oh Houston. really? What are the rumors? Oh you haven't heard I'm about changing these? Changing his name. Oh so he changed his name. He used to be uh, Mark Benarzik, I believe. That I know. I do know that. And then there was uh, he he just got suspended again at Nesson a couple months ago for getting into it with his producer. I've called into his producer and his producer has confirmed. That, that he won't always let them use the bathroom um, when when they're producing the show. Like he won't let them go up and take a piss because that sounds made up. That's well. That's that's what that's what they said on the that they actually had him on MNC. That was actually one of the decent moments uh, that MNC had where they they talked about they had the producer. I think his name's John. This guy that produces for him on Saturdays, and uh, he said that 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 he w- that he basically told him he didn't want him to get up and use the bathroom. Um, and then there was the whole chick in Northampton. You're familiar with that, right? You were around. For oh that. yeah, that was that. Yeah, that he got railroaded in that story. I mean, dude, that what a dick move, though. What do you, what do you mean? He certainly, got railroaded? certainly, he was over the top. Like, but there's a fucking some of your best friends have had the same interactions with girls. Yeah, but he's being a he's being an asshole. Right, he's though. a pathetic he's... single guy hitting on a girl, and yeah, the whole network television thing was a bad fucking look. I'll be honest, Samantha. I'm a network television anchor. Yes, that was a bar. Right, I'm not saying I'm not. Look, at, I'm sorry if I'm defending him, but I, I, I don't know that that sounds like sour grapes from a girl. Well, I mean, she did. I thought it was hilarious that she put him on blast with the text messages. I think that shit is so funny. <laughs> Man, I was hoping that we could fight again. We had a, we had a good little we had a good little fight earlier before about the whole Reamer thing. I was hoping that we could end this thing with another fight, but. 
Alas. Yeah, why? What's your take on Reamer? You think Reamer's not talented, or he is? No, I think he's talented. I think that he's a pussy. I think that he's. A, I think that because I think that Reamer, somebody, if I was making thirty thousand dollars a year or whatever he's making, I would have. I would have gone balls to the wall and supported Kirk. Got fired because guess what? I can go fucking work for Barstool now. You think that Kirk wouldn't hook me up with Portnoy? Do you know what Barstool pays? It's probably the same, and exactly. I get to move to New York, but I get to live in New York. Why is there a guarantee that Portnoy is going to hire him? Because why because, is that? Because it'd be a fit. Because I don't you, see him as a fit at Barstool. I see, Bar, yes, of course he would be. They need. They have a gay guy. Yeah. Well, but the, Reamer could fit at Barstool. It doesn't even. He could. It does. I could see. I could see him fitting yes. just fine at Barstool. I don't think that he would. I don't think that he would be great. But I think that he could definitely do something for them. I mean, you're right. He could never work at ESPN again because he. You're, you said that he killed himself for it. But um, I mean, if I was him, why not go balls to the wall? You know that you can actually get a good. That, that Kirk is Kirk is a loyal guy. Kirk Kirk values loyalty. You would agree, right, Paul? You would agree that right. But what's the what's the financial end game for Alex for loyalty? Who cares? He doesn't make any money now. Well, he makes enough money to live, and if he doesn't have any money whatsoever, he's back to square one, hoping that Dave Portnoy takes his application. You think Dave Portnoy gets a lot of applications a year? But he can go do something else. He can go be independent for a minute. He's his parents. Independent. Are, his parents are loaded. His parents are loaded. That's yeah, but independent. That's how they, big they can you be? Pay, go they still independent. Pay his cell phone bill. They still pay his cell phone bill. His parents. Well, so what? Well, he's trying to crawl out of that hole of being dependent on his parents. But what does that mean to go independent? Go work for Portnoy? Yeah, he could go. He could. He could. He could write a blog. He could figure his shit out, or he could go write a write for. Kirk. There you go again. Yeah, he's figure not going to make money writing out. his own blog. You, you can you, Could you be more vague? He could go figure his shit okay, out. Okay, he can go work for Six One Seven Report in his blog. <laughs> I mean, I don't know okay. what the fuck you want me to say. All right, just, salaries equitable. I mean, that doesn't. What I'm saying is is that why not make a name for yourself getting fired from a shit job standing up for a principle that you believe in because you already make shit money who cares you can at least make a name for yourself going out the door look at and i and i i think you're overvaluing this whole make a name for yourself like what's the value in that real like what are the real dollars in making a name for yourself but because look at uh look at pete shepherd Look at look at the name that he made for himself, being an asshole and being and blowing up, you know, throwing a kamikaze or throwing. Wasn't a, Pete out of work for years? No, he went and he went and did new. <laughs> he went from station to station to station. Yeah, and he's right back he now. Five stations before he got he's back. He's back now though, and he's doing just fine. I would say Pete's more talented than Alex. Oh, you think so? Pete, Pete hates on the Alex. air. Well, he, that's fine. I don't begrudge him for that, but he's certainly a radio talent. He's been doing it for years. He's more talented on the radio. He has a thing that he can put down on his resume. Alex doesn't have those resume builders. I know, and Pete knows all the good massage parlors in Central Florida, too. So. I'm sure he does. <laughs> I'm sure he does. Yeah. <laughs> wait, is that wait, is there something there? No, I said I'm sure he does. Okay. I didn't know if there was actually anything more to the no, story. I, I know, I know. Pete and I never worked together. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think, that, I, think, I, I think Alex could easily have defended Kirk more. But here's another thing. So, Judas Callahan, do you agree with the moniker? Do you think that Jerry of all people, right? Because Jerry has enough money to retire. You and I both know that. Jerry has made a shit ton of money in his career. Do you think Jerry should have defended Kirk more? Yeah, yes, yes. But I understand where he's coming from. Yes, he certainly could have and should have defended Kirk more. But he chose to not do that. He chose to toe the company line and keep his, his salary coming. I don't know what... Um, I don't know. Go. I don't know what his contract looks like. Maybe his contract's fucking awesome, and he would have lost everything if he chose to go in this radio.com venture. I, I can't speak to that, but would it have been nice? Obviously. Um, would I wish that those two were still together, doing launching a show on radio.com for sure? But I mean, 
Kirk doesn't seem too butthurt about it. I mean, he throws a couple tweets out there, but he hasn't been vitriolic. I think those those tweets about like he like quote tweeted Dino or something like that, saying or Dino quote tweeted him like who is the least um, uh, loyal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a little bit in jest. I don't think Kirk really hates Jerry's guts. No, yeah, I just it's, just, it's impossible. So Jerry must have his reasons that I think Kirk probably understands deep down. So what you're saying is that I was right and that I win this argument. Yeah, yeah, that's what helps you sleep at night. Okay. <laughs> How are we doing with the Twitter questions? Are we good? Uh, I think that was that was all the good ones on Twitter, at least. Yeah, yeah the, rest these the rest of these are, are not that good. All right, man, anything that you want to talk about before we go? Nope. I'll, if I have anything good, I'll, I'll see you guys around episode 20. Yeah, is that right? Okay. If we're doing it, this, if anything episode. comes up, I have, I've, been tuned, I've been tuned out for the most part, but I'll, I promise I'll tune back in and uh, keep my, I guess, um, eyes on the prize here. And if anything interesting comes up, I'll shoot you guys a message. And I don't know if, if I think there's any value added, I'll let you guys know. Please do. And, and any sound that you can think of that, you know, if you can tell us where to look, cause we now have got the soundboard. Um, one last thing before you go, sure. Throw out a number for Kirk. If Kirk is listening to get you to go, because he needs a producer. God damn it. Kirk needs a producer. What's it going to cost for you to go work for him? Whatever they're budgeted twice that. Okay. So there you go, Kirk. So Kirk, whatever it is, Intercom has picked the number. Um, uh, whatever that number is, it's got to be double. I don't know what that number is. I have a good idea, and it's probably gonna have to come out of his salary. So if he wants a good show, he's gonna have to do that. Whether it's me or someone else who's talented, he's gonna have to dig into his own pocket because Intercom's not gonna give him, you know, the eighty thousand dollar a year guy that he deserves. Good. So eighty, I guess eighty thousand is the number. There you go. There you go, Kirk. Get your producer eighty thousand dollars. <laughs> That's what's going to make it happen. All right, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for coming on. All right, well, thanks, Paul. I appreciate you coming on, man. Guys, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah thank you. <laughs> I hear what's on tap with Mutton Merloni. That's what I'm hearing in my brain right now. But today we're focusing on Flannel Friday, which, oh, as I God. said, is an amber ale. Oh, it is 5.7% alcohol. Oh, ooh, that's and interesting. I know amber ales are more of a fall beer. Yeah, definitely. Um, but this has been singing my fridge for a little while. He's, I got to give you this. He's a very compelling speaker. Yeah. He's very, very compelling, very easy yeah. to listen it's to. It's also harder to audibly sip out of a bottle than it is out of a can. And also, it's difficult to open the bottle loud enough. Does he have any self-deprecation? Pops very nicely, but and it's been a blast. I think the show has been a lot of fun. My favorite drop. Um, Love coming to work every day. I miss the drops. That's a great thing, and and we've become friends. Which again, I. I... Good evening, my friends. (laughs) Now, you hit on a point. If there's anything I miss about producing, it's identifying something that's fucking insanity. And holding on to it for dear life and not telling Ken and not telling Curtis and not telling Andy because I want to be the one that plays that drop out of context later. Right, right. I miss that. Sh- I have so many drops that never saw the light of day because the moment didn't come up. You, you might have to clue us in because now we have this soundboard capability. I don't fucking know. I saved 50,000 drops in my fucking years there. I, have no, I can't. You think I have a list? That's right. I hope you do. I mean, hey, a list, a list could be good. It might come in handy I th- later. I don't think this is good radio it's right not. now. It's not. It's good. never good radio when you're talking about fucking amber beer. 